You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. It is time to open up the gates. Creepy Kingdom proudly presents The Dark Theme Park Show. Hello and welcome to The Dark Theme Park Show. I am your host, Mr. James H. Carter II, joined by Sir Florida Man Grant. Hello, everybody. And... In case you haven't caught on by now, I would say Grant is the official or unofficial or some kind of official uh, co-host of the Dark Theme Park Show. I think you've been on uh, every episode, uh, almost every episode, except when I'm interviewing someone. But uh, every Yeah, there was one I didn't do. There was one Dark Theme Park Show that I did not do. Uh, but yeah, it had nothing to do with me. It was like a like a queen, like something that had to do with like the, like something that happened in California, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So, well, you know, we, we decided to, uh, I don't even know what happened. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> all that being said, Grant is, uh, Grant's, uh, is my Ed McMahon here at the Dark Theme Park show. <laughs> but, uh, but for these series uh, that we've been doing uh, for a while now, um, you're, you know, I guess I'm your Ed McMahon because we're hearing about your uh, epic trip to the Middle East of this country to go visit all the theme parks in this area. Uh, you were in this space for about a week and a half, two weeks or so. Um, this is the third part of this series. Um, so if you, uh, I mean, you don't, if you haven't heard the other ones, it's okay. You can still listen to this one. I don't think uh, the, the order of what you say is that important as far as understanding. No. <laughs> well, you know, I, w- I would recommend because we're talking about uh, the United Arab Emirates um, and Dubai and Abu Dhabi and stuff. I would recommend the very first episode, at least um, to begin with, and listen to that because it kind of explains um, how to get around and what to expect food-wise and uh, culture-wise. So I think that that's a good jumping-off point. But yeah, for the most part, everything else is you know it's it's all theme parks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not like it's all reviewing. Them. You're not going to be lost uh, <laughs> if, you, if you haven't heard the other ones. But this is uh, this has definitely been an epic trip. I mean, you're you're no stranger to epic trips. Um, I mean, pretty much. I don't know. The, since I've uh, known you, you've just been traveling the world, going to as many different theme parks all over the world. Just a refresher for people that may not know. <laughs> um, or, uh, you've you hit every Disney park in a year and a half. That was a pretty good accomplishment there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess yeah, that really is. <laughs> uh, all three of the Asia parks, first time, one trip, right? Yeah. Um, that was yeah, your honeymoon. Uh, that was your honeymoon trip. Yeah, that's the honeymoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you've uh, you've had some epic trips. You've you've done the ones that we all most people have heard of, but you go a little deeper, a little. Uh, you know, you want to go to you really you're on a quest to visit every theme park in the world. Well, you know, and the thing is, is yes, while Disney and Universal are almost almost always the best ones, sometimes you go to the ones that are more unique and local. And you get a better kind of feel for uh, 
for what the cuisine and the culture is like because they're not being held to a corporate standard like we have to have a Mickey pretzel here or we have to have, you know, (laughs) certain churros. You know, you're basically going to go, okay, I'm going to eat a random meat on a skewer and I have no idea what it is. But you know what? It's delicious. (laughs) Those those are the kind of challenges the grants take. I don't I don't think I would take that challenge in a foreign country. My stomach's a little too sensitive for that. But uh, but, but uh, Grant lives to tell the tale each time he goes on these crazy crazy trips. So we're excited. We should be excited. Uh, there's a we're gonna get into a, a, a theme park that I've been waiting to hear about ever since he took the trip along here. But we're going we're, we're moving. Away from where we started, um, which was um, Dubai. Yep. And now we're going to Abu Dhabi. Did I say that right? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. There we go. It's only an hour drive from Dubai. So very easy to get there uh, from there. And it's like you can't miss it because there's basically one big road, uh, Sheikh uh, Bin Zayed. Road and you take that and uh, you you're flying at I think it's like 120 kilometers an hour. It's like really crazy because you're going oh my god I'm going over 100. <laughs> you have to convert wow. what you're what you're doing. Um, but yeah, you get there very quickly, so which is nice. And uh, yeah, um, Abu Dhabi we only spent um, two and a half days there. Wow, you, everything yeah. we're talking about here, you did two and a half days. <laughs> well, um, th- well, what we're going to talk about is um, Yaz Island, and what this is is an area that has um, two full theme parks, as well as a um, water park, and um, it's all on this island, and they're all right next to each other, and um. Hmm. um What's funny is like, and I'll I'll get into this in a moment, but um, most of these things are like you can walk between. Um, and there's a giant mall. There's the Yaz Mall, and when you go to Ferrari Land, um, you actually have to park in the mall parking lot to enter the theme park. Interesting. You walk through the mall to get to to get inside the theme park, which is um, I I found that with a lot of the smaller theme parks out there um, that they uh, that are all connected to a mall. Um, Interesting, but uh, what they are doing as well is like they're not stopping with the three parks out there. They are actively building a Sea World on Yaz Island right now, and um, it's going to be a new version of Sea World. Meaning, it's not going to have any more killer whales. It's going to there's going to be dolphins, but it's going to be more like a um, the next iteration of if you've ever been to the Monterey Bay Aquarium or the Georgia Aquarium, um, the really like nice, it's going to be a super upscale aquarium with a focus on uh, uh, education rather than entertainment. Hmm. So I don't even know if there's going to be, I don't know if there's going to be rides. There's not very much out there on this. Um I mean, the footprint is not nearly as big as like what we have here in Florida or you have in California, um, because you could, you know, you can see the cranes building things, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. But you know, they're really good over there about like compacting a lot of activities in small spot uh, in small spaces. I see. So basically, we have this complex, Yaz Island and Abu yes. Dhabi, and in this complex, there's three theme parks which we were discussing today. 
that are all basically in walking distance of each other. Very similar to um, our last episode. To, to that. Yeah, very, very similar. Um, and, um, you know, what's great about this is uh, now two of these parks, granted two of these parks, you have to park in their own lot. Every parking spot, every, every place to park at over there is free. You know, so it's just so mind blowing that you're paying nothing to park, you know, and normally, if, <laughs> you know, like if James, if you got a rental car to come out to Florida, um, you know, if you got a rental car and you said, OK, I'm going to drive to the parks and you go for five days, you're going to be spending one hundred and fifty dollars in parking, <sighs> which is. Yeah. And, you know, like that adds up. Very quickly. Yeah. You're not including the cost at the hotel for having a car every day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then renting the car. I mean, I love the freedom of getting around, but it seems like renting a car in Orlando is like less and less of a financial uh, decision. Uh, Yeah. I mean, good. I mean, now these days with lifts, you know, you can get you can pretty much get anywhere you need to, but I love the freedom, but man, that stuff adds up fast. So you're saying that that's not even a factor in this whole nope. region of the world. <laughs> it's not even a thing. I mean, cause really, what are you paying for it? Nothing. I mean, in all honesty, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, there's no limit. You know, they have no, um, there's like zero liability that they have. You know, somebody could break into your car. Oh, well yeah. you agreed to park here. So, um, Anyway, I guess that we should probably get into what these parks are. Okay. Um, so um, the first uh, – I'm going to actually talk about the last one we went to because it's going to be the briefest one, um, which is Yaz Waterworld. And this is a giant water slide complex that's very much like Volcano Bay. I have not been to Volcano Bay, but meaning it's all on this giant volcano-looking mountain. Oh, okay. And um, the reason why this was the last one because uh, they, they have a ticket that you can buy. Where it's all three parks over three days for uh, it's like a lower price. It's like 110 bucks a person or something along those lines, and um, we had to fly to Hong Kong at like 7 p.m. So I figured, okay, cool. As long as we are out of this water park by one o'clock, we can then drive over there at a like you know at, like basically be over. To the Dubai airport by like 2.15 and get through check-in and security. And what was funny was how quickly we actually got through security and stuff on the way back. We were like, man, we could have totally stayed at that water park for an additional two hours. Wow. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, it's basically a standard water park. Um, a few interesting points I wanted to bring up is that they have a water park roller coaster called the Bandit Bomber where you actually have a gun and you can shoot people below you. So you are on a suspended roller coaster and a strange riding a roller coaster barefoot, um, sure. and without without you keep, keep, keep thinking you lost your shoes the whole time, right? <laughs> you know you don't and you also, you don't have your shoes on and you don't have your shirt on because it's a water park, and um, it's so strange and it's not like really a thrilling roller coaster, but it's just kind of an unusual experience and it takes you through mountains and it's actually a few minutes long, um, so um, it's um, it was nice. Um, it wasn't a very busy day. Uh, I didn't have to wait for anything. Um, other activities. Um, now, Brittany, my wife, did not feel like water sliding that day. But she did say that the Lazy River, which I'm looking online, says 300 meter long. So it's a very long Lazy River. She said was excellent. <laughs> so <laughs> um, other 
rides. They had an Aqua Loop, but I had already done one of those over in Atlantis. So I didn't need to do another looping water slide. Um, so let me see. Uh, highlights are the Sabag water slide, where it's the world's tallest racing water slide, where you um, you ride face first on a sled. And uh, it times you. And I think I got down the whole thing in 12 seconds. And um, (laughs) it's uh, very thrilling and very scary. And you feel like you are going to die. And if you um, you get some airtime and you're like, man, if I hit this like hard the wrong way, I'm definitely going to do some skull damage. Um, I also want to point out that over here, they weigh you before water slides. Oh yeah, there's there yeah, all these. Uh, if you're too heavy, they'll you slide right off, right? <laughs> well, but they they do it in a non-intrusive way, like especially with rides that require like more than one person. They would have you. Um, they basically have everybody stand on a scale, and then they 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 can tell obviously who the heavier person is, and then they they kind of distribute it based on that. Okay. So it's not, but it's still, I, I get it. Like it's a safety thing, but it's, it's weird because over here in the States, you know, you don't normally get weighed before you go on something. <laughs> um, I, I think that I have never been, but from what I hear, I, I believe they have that for a few of the slides at Volcano Bay, actually, that there's, right. there's weight limits and I don't know how intrusive it is or isn't, but I'm pretty sure they do weigh you. So I guess that's just the nature of the, uh, the, of the attraction. Now there's another the big the big highlight there is something called slither slides. So when these are our six giant snake themed water slides, where it has hyper realistic, you come out of the mouth of a snake. The snake. I'm looking at the picture. It looks huge. It looks like you're in like the Chamber of Secrets uh, from Harry Potter. <laughs> well, what's weird about these is that each one that you do is totally different. So you still have to go in a tube. Um. But, like, each one does something different, and you don't know what it's going to do because they twist and turn so much until you get into it. So, like, some of them may take you, like, primarily outside, um, and then others are entirely in the dark. And then one was, like, a disco slide where basically it was, like, flashing lights the entire time and blasting music. And then another one did a whirlpool funnel um, thing where I actually fell out of my raft and, like, got sucked down to the bottom and i actually i was like going oh my god i really hope oh i survive this one it's <laughs> like you know it's like you know like i you enter this this big old chamber and you're like where how do i get out of this and you realize you're in like a giant toilet bowl and it's <laughs> sucking and you see as you circle this thing you see like a little hole and you're like i'm gonna get sucked through that tiny hole and at that point the whole thing flipped and i like fell face forward um but it's kind of a cool idea you know, like ultimately, um, the the six, um, uh, basically the idea of six slides that you don't know what they're going to do. Did you um, did you do all of them? Yes, I did all six. Wow, <laughs> I had to. Um, one of the big rides was closed, which is the Falcon's Village, which is the world's longest six seater water coaster. So basically, uh, like a one where you like sit with a bunch of people in a circle, but mm-hmm. this one actually launches you. But unfortunately, it was reopening at one, and that was the time that we had to leave. Um, and let me see what else. Um, another thing that I missed was unfortunately the Sin Splash, which is a fiat like a um, Star Wars, but they they splash water at you nonstop. And the reason why <laughs> I missed that is that they only ran it at certain times. So I said, okay. I didn't realize that it wasn't like a continual load where you get in line and then they just like, oh, you're in, we'll run it for you. 
they right. only they only run it like six times a day. So I missed it by like a minute and it had already started. And at that point it was too late. But I thought it was kind of an interesting idea. Um, I get you're already in a bathing suit. Why not? Who cares if you get water on you? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, the other big one that I did was the Dawama, which is a tornado water coaster. Where basically it's a giant thing where you sit with six people. And um, you go through a giant funnel. Um, these are I want I cannot stress how big these water slides all are. Like these are even like even the ones that you get through quickly. They have a lot of um, slide time to them. Hmm. So so um, you know like and they they talk about the fact that you know like even like I'm looking at one called like Hemlul's Humps, which I did where it was just basically an up and down water slide, but it's ten stories tall. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, you know, like these are insane. So, um, ultimately it's very good. Um, and, uh, I remember afterward, we actually went to, um, talking about like American companies. We actually went to the black tap tavern for lunch after that, which, uh, you know, if you are a Disneyland person, you know, that that is a high end shake place at, uh, downtown Disney. Where is that black tap? Yeah, Black Tap Tavern. Where is it? It's at Downtown Disney. It's right across from uh, uh, the the Art of Disney Store, or whatever that's called, uh, Wonderground. Really? Yeah. If you ever look it up, look up Black Tap at uh, Disneyland. Uh, yeah, maybe they, it's just like off my radar. Is that the place with the giant uh, milkshakes? Crazy milkshakes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just didn't forget. I just forgot the names. <laughs> so, yeah. really generic name. <laughs> that's why I was like, I told you, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the crazy milkshake place. That's what I call it. <laughs> So ultimately, you know, it's it, ultimately I would say that that is worth going to if you are a water slide fan, um, because it is such a well themed water park, um, very pretty, a um, lot to do, and all age range type stuff. You know, some theme, some water parks sometimes they have like a little kitty area, and then the most is like basically balls to the wall water slides where it's like super intense. Yeah, and they kind of have it for all ages over here, which was nice. So. Um, anyway, um, that, uh, that's that one, but now we're going to move into the actual theme park type stuff. All right. So, um, so let's talk about Ferrari world. Ferrari world. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I'm I'm sure you're going to bring this up, (laughs) but, uh, there's an, there's an attraction here that we have the, uh, the, uh, the writer of, of the attraction uh, on the show in the, a few years ago. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, we talked with him, uh, Rick West. Yes. And uh, I guess we'll, you know what? We'll we'll start with that ride. All right. Um, I, oh, I actually, just, uh, before we start there, what is Ferrari World like? Is it like a Six Flags? Does it have okay. theming? Like, what, how would you describe it? Um, okay, so it's primarily indoors. It's basically an entirely indoor water park. Oh, it's not water park. Sorry. Entirely indoor theme park. But they have a few roller coasters, and the roller coasters go outdoors, obviously, because they're so big. Mm. But most everything is in – most everything out there is is inside because you know it gets so incredibly hot and so windy and sandy that you you kind of need to protect yourself um it's not very fun so it is um this is another one of those theme parks where i went and nobody was there so we were through ferrari world in about three hours wow 
Um, and it is a park that has something for everybody and that they have done pretty much everything that they could with what Ferrari is, you know, like basically with what they could do with the theming, but apparently they're still building things like there was a roller coaster that we could see it. It, it looked like it was entirely indoors and, um, it was not open yet. And it was supposed to actually open up like January of 2019. And they had so many um, technical issues. And they said that they will make sure it is open by fall of this year. Wow. Which makes you kind of wonder what's wrong with it. You know, like that yeah. it's taken that long, but it's, um, it's pretty dynamic. It's like almost it's a just... full year since like after you went there, they said it was going to be open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um, Anyway, um, it's it's kind of a, a park for everybody. Um, it's I hesitate. I don't know. It's a it's a family park, but it's kind of a limited. I mean, it, it, if you care about Ferrari, you're going to be in heaven here. Otherwise, you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to do the rides, and that's going to be it. You know, like you're. Okay. It's kind of one of those things. There are characters walking around. They do have you know like original characters like a bear and a mouse and stuff. That walk around, um, but for the most part, it's kind of uh, you know like there's a lot of exhibits and a lot of classic Ferraris to check out, and they are you know they have other activities, and I know that they were doing like if you look at the outside, if you ever Google like Ferrari World aerial view, it's a super um, it's a super striking building. Um, I would actually like everybody, if you're listening at a computer, just to kind of see what I'm talking about. Um, because it's it's a weird-looking building. It's the shape of the Ferrari logo. logo. Oh, for, and you fly over? That's what it looks like? <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. is Apparently, they're adding a thing where you can walk across the top of it and do a, a tour of it, like for an additional charge. So... Um, Anyway, um, it's kind of uh, it's it's very red inside. It's uh, yeah, fry red. <laughs> it's red and yellow everywhere. Um, it's very much um, industrial looking. Um, there are a lot of I want to believe I believe fake plants in there, but that's not to say that there's not theming because there are little lands like you know little Italy area and stuff like that where they do have like animatronic cats in the windows and stuff like that. But, you know, you're basically with this one, their focus is on more of the rides than um, the theming of what they have going on there. You know, uh, like then their focus is on the rides rather than on an overall experience mm -hmm. because you're, you're kind of pigeonholed into this brand of car. So what do you do with it? You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I gotta say they like you said, they've taken the th the concept of or the theme of Ferrari and extended it as far as it could possibly go, from roller coasters uh, that are shaped like uh, cars to uh, a teacup type experience inside of a tire. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much exactly. They, they, I mean, they, you can do, I didn't do this, but they have the tire change experience where you can see how they time you and how quickly you can put a tire on a, on a vehicle. Like if they were racing, 
Wow. You know, like yeah, yeah. they, like, yeah. they, the, they pit, the uh, virtual pit crew. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's not virtual pit crew. That's you hold the actual tire and you have the actual jack and stuff. Oh wow! So like, it's there's things like that which are you know interesting, but for the most for most people, it's not like a thing. Like, it's not it's not it's not up everybody's alley. You know, uh, for me, like I went there because there were five or six attractions I definitely wanted to check out. Um, but it was one of those ones that I was probably the least excited to go, but I'm glad I went there. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, there was a few you wanted to go and of course you couldn't, you couldn't skip it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's included with that, with that ticket price, but when, you know, when you go there, you kind of have to check this out because, uh, it has a lot of, uh, it has some record breaking things. So you have to kind of see what they are, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, let's get into it. So um, I'm actually going to kind of move from uh, the bottom of the page up higher to the top because I'm going to talk about the big stuff at the very end of this. Um, So, you know, we have a lot of like little kid type stuff. Um, One of the the more interesting rides is the Made in Maranello ride. All right. What's that? And what this what this basically is, it's a trackless ride vehicle. Um, where you sit kind of like in a Spider-Man type vehicle and you go through how the uh, Ferraris are built, like from room to room through like a processing plant where they're making virtual Ferraris. So you're watching like how the machines work and there's like wind effects and spray effects and stuff at you. And um, it's basically like a long car commercial. This whole place is a car commercial. But... uh, this is um, talking about like how they like it's. That seems like a really out the best. uninteresting concept. To, it's, to, a, it's to watch virtual videos of a car being made. It's not as well, exciting no, no, as no, but it's not, it's not. It's not. It's not virtual. <laughs> it's not virtual videos. I mean, there are video screens, but you're seeing physically physical things being done. Oh, I thought they, it was but all it's going screens. Back forth. <laughs> no, it's not all screens. No, it's uh, physical sets. So you're going from physical sets. And um, it's almost like um, if you were to take that scene from Jurassic Park where they are on that little bit of a ride with Mr. DNA and they go from, like, place to place and they're seeing how the eggs hatch. This is that as to how a Ferrari is made. Um, But it's trackless, but it's not not like a thrilling thing. It's very slow moving. It's for the entire family. Um, This was a very interesting attraction that I kind of wish that we had done first. So a pro tip. If you are not a big Ferrari fan, I would actually say do this one first because it kind of gets you in the mindset of what this place, like what what Ferrari is all about. And they're talking about like you're seeing uh, videos as you're going from scenes talking about like how wonderful the speed is and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's all just trackless, right? That takes you by physical sets of how cars are made. (laughs) Um, you know, they did have a, uh, I did not try the driving with the champion because at this point we had done so many screen based attractions that I was actually getting kind of motion sickness out. So, um, I this was imagine. just yeah, especially virtual, the, the, the Bollywood park. You said that was like all screens. <laughs> yes. And keep in mind that this happened, I believe a day we went here, um, I believe a day after Bollywood. So, um, you know, at that point we were kind of like sick 
you know, mm-hmm. on that. So, um, the, and that, that's a virtual F1 Pro, like so it simulates car race. Now, we did do the tire twist, which is mad teacups, but you're in a giant tire, so you've got that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, next was one ride that I almost did not get to ride, which is uh, Viaggio in Italia. And what this is is Soren over Italy. Interesting. And the problem with it is, is um, I'm, you know, I'm 250 pounds. I'm 6'2". I'm not like a giant guy. I was struggling fitting into some of the rides here. For they height? were not in, in this. Keep in mind that this is a newer park. So you would think that you'd have things knowing that you're trying to get international um, business. Um I barely got in this ride, and it was a very uncomfortable simulator ride because the seat belts and stuff, everything was so tight on me as it shook you. Now, ultimately, um, this is a better ride than Soren because it's more focused. It's kind of like you know how the original California Soren. There's more of a cohesive nature to it. Yeah, this is all Italy, so you're going through the various sites of Italy, and you get the various smells of Italy, and you go through the olive trees and all that stuff. It was super nice and pretty and a good ride but the seats were very uncomfortable so if you know if for people who have bigger body dimensions you know like you would never expect like on soren if you feel like you're fine on soren you're not going to be fine on this one and i you know i almost wasn't fine on this one and um but the ride itself was great um so um yeah, there was that. Now, then the next ride that we did was called Speed of Magic. And this is another Spider-Man trackless ride vehicle. Oh, and, weird. Yeah, this is, it says, journey through a majestic 40 fantasy universe, dive into oceans, fly over cliffs, venture into ice caves. It's basically, um, it, it's like a fantasy theme version of Ferrari. Um I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I remember it was a little more aggressive and you're basically, you're in a race. Um, uh, it was a fun ride. I just remember that it was, um, it's entire, this one's entirely screen based, but, uh, it's very much Spider-Man going from room to room type thing. So it's, it's good ride. Um, uh, not much. I don't really remember a ton of that one though, but I, I do remember that I liked it and that I, I remember that my wife and I both said that we enjoyed that one a lot. Uh, next is probably the best attraction there, which was Benno's Great Race. And this is the ride that uh, Rick West. Um, oh, wow. Well, he'll be glad to know it's the best attraction there. <laughs> all right. And what this is, is this is a, another trackless ride. Um that has a shooting component but what you're doing with it is you are it says you're it's interactive challenges uh special effects and unforgettable characters so this one you're actually making things happen it's not just shooting you're trying to do different things like change the tire on the car um stop um you know basically remove the obstacles from the course so your your little gun or whatever you have it's not a gun it's like a different little handheld remote has different abilities to it. So that's kind of a neat idea. And what's cool with this one as well is that there's a lot of practical sets 
as well on like animatronics. So it's a very and it's long. It's like a seven or eight minute long dark ride. Oh wow. Um, and it goes, you know, backwards, forwards, all the things that a trackless ride vehicle can do. And it just kept going. And we really enjoyed this ride. And um, the characters were nice. And, yeah, Rick West did a very nice job on this one. He was uh, the writer of the storyline. Yes. I guess that, that was what he did there. He said he hadn't even been on it yet. Well, you've you've trumped him. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But um, I mean, I don't know if he's been on it uh, <laughs> since we recorded that three years ago, I think. But uh, but still, you, you beat him to his own ride. It's funny. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really nice little ride. And apparently, what it took over was um, there was an indoor log ride type ride where it was like going through an engine and. Um, you're going through a Ferrari engine and there was like a little water drop and stuff. But I remember he told me that that ride was so bad because you couldn't see anything. You were just like in this old musty engine. So there was no interest to the ride. Uh, so this is what took that over, uh, took over that. I think that that was a good decision. Um, of course they have, you know, various racing cars that you can try. We did do the bell Italia, which is Autopia, um, through, uh, Italy, but you get to go through miniature versions of uh, just the different landmarks like Leaning Tower Pisa and stuff like that. So that is nice, and you go through some nice water features. Kind of exciting. It looks like uh, from the description says that the landscape is based on uh, Italy in 1958. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's when Ferrari was built, so it's uh, it's not modernized. So it's a little classic trip through the past. And I guess that's kind of, it's funny that kind of times up with like uh, Autopia, uh, you know, opening in Disneyland. (laughs) I'm sure it's not a coincidence. (laughs) Now I'm looking at this one thing called Speedway Race that's new. They were building that. I believe that's just a whip like ride where basically you get along and you kind of go around the track and everybody's like in an omnivore type. Um, but now we're going to talk about the big, big rides that they have there. Okay. One is the um, Fiorano, uh, Fiorano GT Challenge. And what this is, is um, you are racing people, and there's multiple launches, like seven or eight launches on this ride. Not as many as Hagrid. Um, and it's more thrilling than the Hagrid ride. Um but it's a racing roller coaster with that goes outside with um, higher drops and more speed. This was a lot of fun. Uh, let me see if there's more information on this. But you know, all the vehicles that you ride on are um, like this one is a Ferrari F430 Spider, and um, very fun. With uh, I'm trying to see what it says. Speeds up to 95 kilometers an hour. And it's based on real courses. So, hmm. um, you know, like they, they did what they could with it. Um, and I didn't even know that this roller coaster even existed. Um, so that was kind of a nice surprise for me. Um, the other, another roller coaster that we did, or should I say I did, because Brittany was scared, was um, Turbo Track, which okay. is a, it launches you. Um, it launches you backwards, straight up, like kind of like uh, it's a half circuit Montezuma's Revenge, or basically 
it shoots you up and then it drops you down and then you're over, but you're, you're in a, a roller coaster car. So you kind of go back over like a little hill at a high speed and then go up and, Oh, and it twists on the way up. So you kind of like, um, it's not like a necessarily completely vertical up. You kind of do, um, you change position so you can see the car below you. Um, wow. That sounds pretty intense. Um, <laughs> but the weird thing with this was that you can actually see, um, the ride vehicle, like the, the, not the ride vehicle, but the, uh, the track from outside. And this thing sways so much whenever this, th- whenever the ride is done. And I get that it's meant to do that, but that was enough for my wife to say, you know what? I am not doing that. <laughs> so I respected that. Um, sounds pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Now, another one that they had is called flying aces, which, uh, says, um, uh, it's the world's highest roller coaster loop. Um, we got in line for this thing. And unfortunately, um, my wife is in a wheelchair and she can walk um, short distances just fine. They refused to let her on this ride um, because wow. they said, well, if this thing broke down, we have to get you down. And she's like, I would be fine. I could figure this out. Um, and they refused to let us ride, uh, let her ride. And she told me that I could ride and I just didn't feel comfortable. You know, like there's something about like when your spouse is told, no, I can't, that she can't do that. You know, that you're like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable doing this while you sit here, you know, waiting for me. Yeah, no, for sure. But, um, it, I mean, it, it, I saw it going, um, and it looked pretty intense. And if you're looking at the picture, you know, two people are hanging off the edge of the vehicle. Yeah. So it, and it, it has lots of loops and stuff like that. So, uh, I can't really speak much for that, but one, but I can Wait, speak. On. Also, it has loops. There's no, like, yes. there's no harness. On this. No, no, there's no, there's no harness on that thing. <laughs> no over the shoulder harness. No, it's just, a... <laughs> wow. well, when you're going, that's when you're going that fast, I guess you're okay. Uh, sure. um, and I, I guess it's themed to a prop lane, but I don't know. You know, like I didn't get to explore more of it than I would have liked to. You know, I wanted to do it, but unfortunately, it was not in the cards on that trip. Um, so, last but not least, is the main reason to go there, which is Formula Rosa, and that is the world's fastest roller coaster. And it says it has a speed of zero to two hundred forty kilometers an hour, or kilometers. Uh, now we're in 4.9 seconds. Well, they actually give you goggles because you're going so fast. Yes, because okay, what the reason why they give you goggles? Um, okay, I want to I want to talk about this ride um, and why they give you goggles. Um, so I went on, and Brittany initially said there is no way that I am doing that ride. Um, you do that on your own. And by the way, 240 kilometers is the equivalent of 149 miles an hour. So you're going from zero to 149 in four seconds. What? <laughs> wow, that's got nothing on rock and so, roller coaster. Wow. <laughs> no, no. So, um, so I didn't feel bad doing this one without her because she clearly didn't want to go on this. And I said, okay, I have to do this. This is like the number one thing to do here. Um, and this is the, the main reason why I went there. So, um, I got the goggles and I walked right on the ride, which is just insane because you would never think about that ever. Mm-mm. So, you know, um, what these vehicles have on them, 
Well, the reason why you're wearing the goggles is it can get sandstormy out there. And it's not necessarily because you're going so fast. It's because you're going so fast that if there were sand particles, they would permanently damage your eyes. Wow. Now, the other thing I didn't realize is I sat in the back. And um, these, the bottom of these vehicles at certain points actually shoot liquid out of them to cool the motors down. Wow. Because it gets so hot. So if you're in the, in the back, if you're not riding the very front, you are going to get wet by roller coaster liquid. What is the liquid? Is it water or is it oil? Or it's, 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 I think it's, uh, I think it's water, but there may be something more to it. But, you know, if you think about it, like it's water that's being hit by all this other stuff. It's just kind of a weird aspect. Now, the ride itself is amazing. There's no loops or anything. It's just a very. It's all about the launch. But then after the after the launch, there's actually a nice long roller coaster segment to it, where you get a great view and it takes up. It's it's long. This ride is so like the amount of space that it takes up. It's not like if you go to Knott's Berry Farm and you look at um. Oh, accelerator. It kind of goes up and down and then does like a little circuit. This does the launch and then it continues on like a standard roller coaster. So the whole ride, I would say, is probably only about a minute and a half. But when you're moving, you know, at 149 miles an hour, that, that's a lot of space to ta- to go that long. Yeah. Yeah. You think <laughs> you would think it'd be off the ride in 30 seconds going that fast. So. I super enjoyed the ride, and what's great is when you get off the vehicle, and you have to put everything in a locker, by the way. They will not let you put have anything like from phones, keys, wallets, anything in your, in your pockets. You cannot have anything uh, because of how fast it's moving. And um, they pl- like as you're, as you're uh, like getting off, there's this audio clip of like, you have just ridden the world's fastest roller coaster, and it's it kind of adds a more triumphant feel to the ride when you've done that. You know, that it's a very exciting ride, and uh, this one dude was totally puking. They had a trash can like right off the side, and they said, "Oh, you have people puke here all the time," oh my God. because you know you weren't expecting it. So at the end of the day, at the end of the few hours, I told Brittany, I said, "Look, you have to go on this ride. This this roller coaster." is amazing and like this is one you know multiple i i, I mentioned theme bark insider a couple times because they're like one of the big juggernauts and that guy goes everywhere mm. and this is his favorite roller coaster in the entire world and i said look this is tr- you're gonna love it you're not gonna know you know the acceleration isn't as bad as you think well this is what i didn't realize was they put us in the very front and you know, fortunately, she didn't really get to see the launch from lower. There, There is an observation deck, so she saw me take off. But, you know, it's one thing when you're watching it from up above and another thing when you're, like, getting ready to get on and you see it take off. Yeah. Um, so we they put us in the very front seat. And what I didn't realize is the front seat is very painful because you do not have anybody in front of you to stop the wind Oh. And 
so like okay so if you have like care like cars in front of you you um and you're you're moving at speed the wind isn't hitting you as hard because it's going off the other vehicles it's another thing when you're having having you know 149 mile an hour um force going directly against her face so yeah that gave her a headache and she was crying after that so that was um oh my god she was like why would you have me do this i said i didn't realize it was a different experience (laughs) you know oh my god because and I, it was a much more aggressive up there, and I could see where, like, obviously for photos, you know, like, it feels like you're driving the thing. <clears throat> but you know, it's it's a great experience, and if you're sensitive, I say still do it, but just ask for a seat in the back. Um, it's a great, great roller coaster, and overall, this is a nice park, and it's kind of fun knowing that you can do the whole thing in three or four hours. You know, if you're going to do everything and see the shows and stuff, um, because it's so empty. Um, there's something kind of nice about the fact that you can go to these places and be done with them quickly and say, OK, well, I'm going to go back to the hotel and go to the pool, you know, and I'm not feeling like I missed anything. Yeah, that's not a typical Orlando day. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> at least it hasn't been my experience. <laughs> If you want to do everything in Orlando, you're out there 12, 16 hours. <laughs> yeah, especially now that they've added more stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so overall, I would say Ferrari World is a win, even if you're not a Ferrari fan. But um, it, it would help. Um, it, it's mainly about the roller coasters and the few trackless dark rides. But for the most part... Um, it's pleasant enough. It's worth doing if you if you don't have interest in that kind of stuff. If you went to the next park, which is Warner Brothers World, and you got the they even have a two day park ticket. It's worth it for the extra twenty thirty bucks to check out just to say that you've been to it. Yeah, I was gonna say this. This you said it took you three hours. This seems like about an hour for me. I wouldn't do like most of the things there, but a few of them sound interesting. I'm not a but, big you know, roller coaster person, anyways. At this point in my life, uh, I think I don't think my I think my body's not can't take that stuff anymore. I used to cool. do Six Flags in my twenties and stuff like that all the time. But <laughs> but, but I also want to point out the biggest problem with this with this park was that so many of these rides would not, you know, like. They're not a, they're not very accommodating for everybody who like I, you know they even have some of them even have height restrictions on them. So if you're over six five, you're screwed on some rides. Uh, yeah, which I've seen uh, over here, but it's just it, it's weird. Like if I went back there, you know, it's like, like if I gain an extra five pounds or so, I might not have been able to do that soaring over Italy ride. Wow, yeah, that's that's that sucks. I'd say Disney is really good at a. Uh accommodating uh people of all shapes and sizes more than any other park or and i don't know if you think from your world experience but from my experience <laughs> oh yeah for sure everywhere and every, every disney park is accommodating with sizes and same with i'm into other universals which is what i'm working on next <laughs> but i would assume that they're the same but keep in mind that those are more american-based companies um but you know it's like you know you've met me in person several times and I'm not like this giant dude, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big guy, but I'm not like, 
you know, the whole, I mean, maybe your opinion is different, but I, I like to think that I'm not like this giant, like, oh my God, this ogre is coming. It, uh, not ogre. I'd but, say you're, but, you an, know, you're an average height. American. <laughs> yeah, American, yeah. <laughs> I, it's like, I mean, I, I, I want to be careful. I don't ever want to sound like I'm shaming anybody because I'm, I definitely, I definitely appreciate it. You know, like what people of all types of body types, but, um, I'm more trying to say that if I had a hard time being a 250 pound, six foot two American with a pretty good frame, people who are bigger would have like even my brothers, you know, who are, you know, 20, 30 pounds more than me, they wouldn't be able to write half the stuff there. So it's almost like you'd have to go, if you knew that you wanted to go over there, if, if people who are bigger or of different dimensions wanted to go over there, you almost have to go on like a crash diet first, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to find a way to be sensitive and it's hard because well, it's like, I mean, well, it, it, they're just not designed for American body types. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, they're designed for the middle Eastern body typing. You mind over there, they're eating a lot of hummus and healthy food all the time, you know? And it's like when I, you know, when I go to Japan and stuff like that, um, some rides I just cannot fit on, but then there's even some stuff at Knott's Berry Farm. There's like one roller coaster in the back that I can't get on because of how, uh, it's, it's in something called like coast rider, not ghost rider, but coast rider in the back. And, um, you know, I've known a lot of people who can't fit on that thing and that's over here in America. But anyway, uh, let's talk about a place that is easy enough for everybody to get on everything. All right. And this is. This this is also I'm going to talk about uh, mention theme park insider one more time. This one park of the year last year, and this is Warner Brothers World directly next to this, but you do have to park in its own lot. And um, this park is entirely indoors. Wow, this whole thing's indoors. All right, this whole thing is completely indoors, and um, they were actually building a really nice. Um, hotel, a Warner Brothers themed hotel that they said is going to have like character breakfast and stuff like that. Um, and it was moving pretty quickly. And from what I understand, it's actually going to be up, like open in a month or two. Or like, I, I mean, as of this recording, we're in the middle of coronavirus. So I, I can't really say when it's going to open, but they move quickly over there with building and building quality very quickly. So um, when you enter this place, you immediately it feels like you're walking into uh i'm i'm trying to describe this like you kind of enter in and it's just kind of this bland kind of like blue sky building with the um warner brothers logo as you're walking in and you're like okay and this is another one where i remember i sent you like video of there is nobody here in this parking lot and it says that it opens up at 10 and here it is at 10 a.m and there was nobody there and you, you know, like, and the parking lot is just this giant garage and it's super easy to navigate. And, uh, it's weird just parking like directly up front and being able to just walk directly there. And, um, you walk in and Bugs Bunny is waiting for you as soon as you scan your ticket and, you know, you get a photo with Bugs Bunny. And by the way, there are tons of characters walking all over this park. And I would say that there were maybe 250 people in this park, and I probably we probably met 30 characters. 250 people. Wow. Yes. 
And it's like this is where I get worried for things because, you know, this place is so incredible that um, you don't want that. I, I don't want this place to, like, shut down. And, you know, you so anyway, you walk in and I mentioned that there were like 30 characters roaming around and only like 250 people. So it's kind of weird because, you know, like, we're, of course, we're going to meet everybody, but it's all, like there's like nobody waiting to see these people. <laughs> and So you walk into the main area and it's not very remarkable. And then you kind of get past the main gate into the Warner Brothers Plaza, and then it's like you're in this studio. And everything is roped off. And I realized that what they meant was that the park actually opened up at 11, but you could start getting inside at 10 a.m., kind of like getting onto Main Street. Yeah. yeah. So we said, okay, well, we'll get a a little snack, and uh, and we saw that they have, like, this really fine restaurant uh, in the middle. Um of the restaurant or it's starting in the middle, not the middle of the restaurant. Wow. It's a little late where I, <laughs> it's a little late where I am. The restaurant. <laughs> they have it's a restaurant late. in the middle of a restaurant. <laughs> no, it's 1am where I am, but uh, it's called the starlight and it's a character dining. And we said, okay, well we went up there and we said like, we'd like to make a reservation for, you know, one o'clock and have a, you know, character lunch. Just, uh, that's one of those things that we like to do. And we said, fine. And we were walking kind of enjoying the stores I will mention that the stores are all super generic, meaning that they have Scooby-Doo merchandise. They have all the character merchandise, but none of it really, only a few things actually say Warner Brothers World. So it's all kind of like if you go to a Six Flags on how they have a lot of generic merchandise with few things that have the names on it. Yeah. Well, I, while you brought up Six Flags, I mean, here in the United States of America, all the Six Flags have the Warner Brothers uh, yep. exclusive which is such a waste I mean, most of the time. No disrespect to Six Flags, but you know, I mean, they don't really do too much immersiveness. But they, I know they recently, in the past years, opened the Justice League uh, shooter attraction, which is a step in the right direction. But um, yeah, they just kind of like you kind of wish uh, Universal would get a hold of some of this stuff here. <laughs> so, yeah. But you know what, though? I, I'm glad that they did it based on this okay. place. So um, anyway, um, what this place, so the, I'm going to talk about the Warner Brothers Plaza. And I, wa- the, I want to mention that I actually met, when waiting in line for the Hagrid ride, the person who designed the Warner Brothers Plaza. Oh, wow. And his, his name was Mark, and he also um, designed the Metropolis area of the park. And unfortunately I don't know his last name. Uh, very nice guy. And unfortunately he had to leave to his parents, uh, not to his parents, but leave to his wife and kids. And because the Hagrid ride broke down and they said he was coming back and they wouldn't let him back in. And we, he, we were going to try to get him on the show. Um, because he is currently working, um, on universal Beijing. So he is a big player apparently in the theme park area and was a friend of Rick West. So, um, well, how, how, how many people named Mark fit that criteria? <laughs> it can't be that many. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. So, um, Mark, if I'm you're listening, sure. uh, you know, we definitely want you to come on the show. <laughs> yeah. So, so what? I was like, okay, cool. We're just gonna kind of sit here and enjoy our pastry, and then it got really dark in there, and I was like, oh well, what's going on? And what they do 
they cannot do a night show because how do you do a night show in a completely indoor theme park? You just can't. What they do to open the park is they have they projection map this entire Main Street area from all sides. And on the front, you have this story where it's a battle of between Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. And it's uh, them like basically fighting back and forth and things are like moving and like water is spraying and it's a super exciting thing. And then what they do, I put video up in creepy in the citizens of the creepy kingdom. It's a 20 minute opening where they do the history of Warner brothers movies and it gets you in and there's like some fire effects and lighting effects and fog and everything from, uh, Bugs Bunny um, to Harry Potter. There's a whole Harry Potter section where the entire Main Street gets taken over by uh, Dementors. Oh, no and way. That's so cool. It's <laughs> so rad. And then they have um, the ghost. Bu- they have like scenes with um, not Ghostbusters. Um, I, I believe Gremlins take over for a moment. Oh, my and God. Pee Wee this... Herman shows up. Uh, so, I, I want to go down. Now I want to go. Like this <laughs> is like sold me. <laughs> you can find vi- you can find video of this, but you, like it surrounds you. And th- this is how they open the park. And this is how they close the park with the same thing. And it's like it's a brilliant way to get you in the mood because you can't go into any of these areas and to any of these themed lands. And you are watching like this was going on for like four or five minutes. And I thought it was really neat. And they have a whole horror section. So you go through The Shining. You go through all the Warner Brothers horror movies. I be- and I forget. I don't want to say which. I can't remember which properties they had. But I, I want to say like Freddy showed up and stuff like that. And it's like they, they go through romance and horror. And like they're seen from like something about Mary and things like that it is so incredible how they do it and then there's a point because they have they own the rights to superman where superman's flying above the sky and like directly above you and this whole indoor area it looks like you're outside it's like you're in an indoor outdoor area so like it's painted the blue skies but the colors because of the projection mapping and the lighting it can look dark or like a twilight dust, different kinds of um, like lighting moods that totally change the whole feel for the area. Mm-hmm. And you watch a whole Superman battle above your head. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I can go on and on about this. I mean, if you don't ever think that you will go to Warner Brothers World, um, watch the opening ceremony for this thing. Just watch the opening because it is so impressive, but it's not going to be nearly as crazy as being there because you can't get a a full 360 view of, Oh, look now Superman's behind me or now, you know, Batman's fighting off to the side and, you know, here's a roadrunner coyote battle and, you know, things like that. And this is a 20 minute thing. 20 minutes that's pretty long and you said yeah you didn't know this was coming like it just happened i had had no idea that this was coming (laughs) just keep in mind that we did a podcast about what to expect i had no idea that there was this warner brothers show didn't say anything about on the website i mean look at the website right now (laughs) i'm looking at let me see on the plaza let me see if it like if you hit explore 
I don't even know if there. It doesn't even look like there's anything there. No, it doesn't. No, it. Yeah, it just it tells you what about the restaurants that are there, uh, and yeah, the plaza, uh, and that's it. A view more, like maybe like it, it's just weird. Like this giant thing that they have to start out with has it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing on here. There is nothing on here about this. I mean, like, unless it's under shows. Um, I don't even see where that is. (laughs) No, no. Oh, yeah, Warner Brothers Cinema Spectacular. At certain times of day and evening, the center of Warner Brothers turns into a symphonic celebration showcasing the best of Warner Brothers entertainment. And, you know, like, it's just... It's in it's so weird. If you click on Warner Brothers Cinema Spectacular, you can kind of see this area that I'm talking about. Fifteen minutes is what it is. Are you? I mean, do you see what I'm kind of talking about? The area. Uh, I didn't find where you're looking, but on the on the homepage, it still it shows the plaza. So I mean, it's, it's under like, if you hit if you hit Explore and you go to Shows. Okay, so there's Explore. I see dining, shopping. <laughs> Diet. No, uh, okay, well, uh, whatever. Uh, right, yeah, shows. Okay, it's it's there, but what, whatever. It's all good. It, <laughs> we can move uh, on. <laughs> this isn't good radio right here. No, you're like let's okay. listen to them trying to navigate a website. <laughs> okay, so okay, so anyway, um, yeah, if, like you can see photos of this place from the outside. It's not very assuming. Um, it's just like this giant building. Uh, so we said, okay, well, let's go and do some rides. And we said we're going to just move from uh, from east to west, or is there, um, well, kind of the way that we normally go. So it's bedrock. All right. And well, let's let's give uh, an overview of all the lands here before we go. So there's bedrock. Clearly, it's Flintstones, and I'd imagine other Hannibal Barrier properties, or maybe just, just Flintstones. Flintstones. All just right. Flintstones. And the, but it's interesting here. They have Diamond Gulch and Cartoon Junction. Um, yep. So. I guess these are both Looney, uh, they're both Looney Tunes characters in these. So they have two Looney Tunes areas. <laughs> Maybe. No, they do not. They do not. Okay. So which one is which? Which Diamond Gulch and which Cartoon Junction? Uh, okay. So what? Uh, and now my internet's gone out, but it's a good thing I saw my physical map. So um, let me pull this open. Let me see. Okay. So Dynamite Gulch is. Um, uh, let me see. Okay, so Dynamite Gulch is more like Wiley Coyote area. Okay, so that's Looney Tunes. Cartoon Junction is kind of a catch-all. So they have things, they do have Looney Tunes, but they also have Scooby-Doo, and they also have, uh, like, Jetsons. Oh, okay. And then they have a Gotham City area, which is Batman, and then a Metropolis area, which is, like, basically Superman. All right. Well, let's let's let's, so, let's like, we're going to bed. We're going to Bedrock first. But we're going to go to Bedrock. Okay. All so Flintstones. They're really doubling down on the Flintstones. All right. <laughs> now this is the smallest of the land, and they only have one ride there. Okay. Um, but you know what, what's interesting is that they actually have a Bronto Burger restaurant there, where they you can get a um, Bronto Burger that feeds a family of four they have like the world like one of the world's biggest burgers that you can get takeout nice so um the big ride that they have there the one ride that they have on there is um the flintstones river Adve- bedrock river adventure 
And what this is, is the log ride. And I know initially I told you that I had read that it was going down, like the, the drop was going down the brontosaurus hill. That was it's, my dream come true. And that's what that's what they make that's what they make it look like, but it's really not. And this wow. is not this is a this is a very long. Um, it's almost like it. I, I believe it's a seven or eight minute long um, log ride with tons of animatronics, but they're more like the static type animatronics that maybe do like a little bit of movement. Um, but there's a lot of nice details in there, and the theme of the ride is it's basically like Fred after work. It's kind of like um, the Stonehenial Day celebration, and you do get to witness the whole class. Like if you click on the on the Bedrock River adventure, you can kind of see what the animatronic style is I'm talking about on how it's kind of like statues for the most part. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, they look like static figures. They're static figures, but they have some of them have more movement. Um, but there are plenty of dinosaurs and all sorts of puns that you would expect. Now you do see Fred getting off of work. And what happens at that point is that the vehicle actually changes directions and twists. It turns you as you're watching the whole opening and the drop actually comes later on as, uh, Fred is trying to rescue pebbles from an evil dinosaur. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> but I will say that I actually went on this twice. I went on it by myself the second time um, because I enjoyed it so very much. It It's not a thrilling uh, water ride at all. Um, the drop, I would say, is maybe only, you know, 15 feet. It's very family friendly, as this area probably should be, honestly. Um, but it's a long it's very long. It's a long water ride. And, um, it's, if you're a Flintstones fan, it's everything you could hope for. Oh, well, I, I, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Flintstones. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I, that seems like a fun little thing. I mean, obviously they need some kind of dark ride for them and it's good. It's a good way to do it as a, as a, seems like kind of a, like, uh, <laughs> like small world with a few with a drop a little bit <laughs> like it's just a slow ride and you just get to see what's going on yeah. bedrock yeah the, the the nice thing with this one was i went on a second time and i saw so many more details and i mentioned them to Brittany, uh who sat um because she wanted to kind of explore the stores and stuff um and she didn't even notice that stuff the last time so um yeah kind of nice um, so that area is just one ride. Uh, so we will now move on to dynamite Gulch. Oh, by the way, you can meet like Fred Flintstone and Dino and all that there. Um, there are appropriate, there are tons of characters all over this place. So if, you know, if you're wondering, Oh, can I meet Wiley Coyote? Can I meet them? Yes, you will definitely meet them. They will be there. There's nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the thing is, is as we're heading there, the billboards say, over th- over 45 characters to meet every day. And it's like, I, you know, I didn't care about meeting superheroes. I skipped that. But um, the next area is Dynamite Gulch. And um, I was wrong. This is actually where they have Marvin the Martian and the Jetsons. And um, the Marvin the Martian thing is, um, I believe that that was the bumper cars. 
um, which. So in the Wildy Coyote section, they have Marvin the Martian and the Jetsons. <laughs> yep, it's bumper cars, and I've I've met, I and we got to meet Marvin the Martian, and he was very nice. And um, yeah, he's a gentleman. The Jetsons was basically um, Dumbo. All right, so that, in a Jetsons vehicle. So these are kind of throwaway attractions, <laughs> just kitty rides, basically. Yeah, because well, you know the thing is, is you have room in each land for. A giant attraction, and then you have room for um, small. Like you have to, you know, you have to kind of make the land feel a little bit more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. And f- what the big ride here is called Fast and Furious, mm-hmm. and this and we did this, I believe, three times in a row without leaving the seat because nobody was there, and we absolutely love this. This is a suspended roller coaster where it looks like you are on a rocket. Oh, that's fine. And the idea is that you are Wiley Coyote and you are chasing the Roadrunner. And as you ride this, they have a soundtrack blasting, like a cartoony soundtrack, like a ch- where it feels like you're chasing the Roadrunner. And there are animatronic figures throughout the entire thing, um, kind of like showing like the Roadrunner like running out of the way and like tricking you. <laughs> um. And it's it's kind of fast. It's not. It's like a fan, a good family suspender roller coaster, but there are so many nice details to it. Um, I don't believe it does any loops or anything like that. So it's a good if you don't like roller coasters, type one because the theming is so much fun on this ride. Sounds fun as long as I get to go fast and hear the Roadrunner. Yeah. Meep. Well. <laughs> and I want to point out that this ride, this, this roller coaster, you know, most roller coasters, you can see the whole thing. This area, there, there are scenes like behind, like you go, you start the ride going behind a wall, so you can't see what's coming up behind. Like you can see how the ride ends, but you get like scenes against, like where you're like with the Roadrunner and Coyote beforehand. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's a very, very, very fun roller coaster. Um, and what a, uh, what a neat idea, what a great idea for a roller coaster. All so right. those are the two light lands right there, basically meaning less attractions. Um, so we then went, we, we now moved to where it really starts beefing up, which is cartoon junction. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, the first ride that we did was the Tom and Jerry Swiss cheese spin. And this ride, the queue is everything, every scene that you could think of from a Tom and Jerry cartoon and every obscure character. This queue was built like they were expecting the entire population of Dubai to come out and Abu Dhabi <laughs> to come out. Um, it's where when you just walk in and what this is, is it's a wild mouse, but it's a spinner and you're riding in a giant block of cheese and there are scenes that happen and dark ride scenes that happen. And the idea is that you are Jerry riding in the cheese and you're being chased by Tom. And Tom comes after you at several points on this. This is actually a very aggressive thrill ride. <laughs> wow. Um, it's, which, it's, um, it's weird. It, uh, it, there would be... Uh, I guess only people, little kids don't know about Tom and Jerry, right? <laughs> I mean, it has to be adults that mostly would care about Tom and Jerry at this point. Yeah. So it, 
I mean, the thing I can't talk about, like the queue itself was so cool. And like, uh, like you're seeing all the old obscure characters from that as well. And, you know, the cheese seats were a lot of fun and just the overall theming of this was nice. And you're clearly uh, like, you can't see any of this ride from the outdoor. So if you didn't know what this was, like it's a Swiss cheese spin. You wouldn't know that this was a roller coaster because it's like you're entering Tom and Jerry's house. And I want to point out that every ride, for the most part, you can't see what they are. Like you go through a facade and you have no idea what it is because everything is because it's entirely indoors. There are walls that block off what the ride is. Uh. So it's kind of like if you go into Rock and Roller Coaster, you can tell it's a roller coaster, but you can't tell what it's going to do. Right, right. But this one, you can't see anything. You can't tell that this is a roller coaster at all because it just says Tom and Jerry Swiss uh, Swiss cheese spin. So, like, you're like, what is this? Now, if you read the signs, of course, like, the safety says roller coaster and stuff on there. But I could see where some people go, oh, this must be like a teacup type thing. Um, but it's kind of nice because you can't tell what these rides are going to do. Like, there's no, there's a lot of excitement that's built with this. Uh, in not knowing what's going to happen, which is, a, this so, is the way it should be, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you know, you see a lot of attractions now, um, and some of them put it all out there, you know, and you're like, okay, that's what this is. But then you have other rides like the Haggard Motorbike Adventure, which is, or um, where you can kind of tell it's a roller coaster, but you can't see what it's going to do. And then you have other things like um, Rise of the Resistance, where you have no idea what that's going to be from the outside. Yeah. So, uh, well, you don't have no I, idea what even when you're on the ride. <laughs> I think that's good. Um, now, um, now comes one of the best rides that we did the entire time. Uh, so much that I actually did this a second time directly after um, Scooby Doo: The Museum of Mysteries. This is a trackless dark ride. This is Scooby Doo Mystic Manor. Where wow. you are following, um, it's uh, more of the static animatronics, um, but you are going on an entire Scooby-Doo mystery. And as you're going through the line, you are seeing, um, like, the like the costumes from old Scooby-Doo monsters, like pirate ghosts and like the diver ghosts, like ones that you would recognize from your childhood. Oh, wow. And they have them in full size for you to take your photos with, right? Like right next to it. And you get in this vehicle, and um, you st- and you're going through an entire Scooby-Doo mystery where you see like the setup of like the guy saying, "I don't know who is robbing me right now, and who's causing all these problems." And then you go into the haunt uh, haunted house, and um, you get all sorts of great scenes with all the Scooby-Doo characters, and the uh, culmination of this ride. And this is another very long ride because it's an entire Scooby-Doo episode that they made for this. So you're kind of seeing them like searching for clues. But they do the thing where, you know, the old Scooby-Doo cartoons where they would be chasing the villain through a hallway and it would be coming out like one door and out the other. Yeah, yeah. Where where basically they send four vehicles in at a time and you're dosey-doing in and out of doors, and then there's a dummy vehicle with, like, Shaggy and Scooby, and then there's another dummy vehicle that kind of goes in and out with the creature, and you're chasing him, and you're going out one door and going in through another. And this goes for about 30 seconds, and it is probably the most delightful thing that you can experience because you become part of that scene. That's funny. Yeah, the picture has, like, a – it shows that, yeah, like – 
like a dummy vehicle with Shaggy and Scooby and a ghost in the back. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that I can actually see that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's so yeah. That's exactly the point where you're in that hallway where you're like backing up and going back and forth, and you're riding in the mystery machine. And this ride is so much fun. Um. And the narrative is great, and they have this this stupid hokey ending as to who caused it. Because it's, you know, if you ever ride it, if you've ever watched a Scooby Doo, it's always like some random character that you see like for a second. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, so much that so much fun that I did it twice. Um, so uh, also in this area, there's Carousel. Um, I was like, let's just check to let's just uh, uh, discuss the. Uh... The headliner attractions, I guess, because <laughs> it looks like there's probably a lot of like filler rides. Uh, in this there's part. a lot of filler rides, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the big, <laughs> the big, the yeah, there's a lot of little kid stuff. <laughs> Although there is a stomp show that happens there with Taz. Stomp where stomp, you know, where they're like banging on drums, yeah, where yeah. you can see Taz doing drums and like going nuts. And the big ride here is called Anna Mayhem as well. There's another big ride. And this ha- this also has won awards for best shooter ride, and this is another trackless vehicle. They love their trackless vehicles over here. And this is you are going through the Acme factory, and you're blowing stuff up, and you're shooting off fireworks. And each each area does something different. And this is a combination of practical effects and screens. So you can shoot at the practical effects, and things will show up. And you get every obscure Looney Tunes character that you could think of. Like from like there's like a brown owl who was in like one or two cartoons. And if you shoot the right things, you get different uh, different scenes. And then I believe like if you shoot the wrong thing, you get Peppy Le Pew and he skunks you. <laughs> like it is awesome. And it's a long, long, long dark ride and it says you know it's a rollicking delivery mission through six different iconic looney tune scenes but each looney tune scenes is more than one screen it's not like you get a one screen and then you move on you are going from place to place to place to place um so that was great um we also saw another show here that we didn't realize what it was <clears throat> it was like bugs and daffy's adventure and we're like what is this and they said well this is for little kids and then they were like well come on in it and what it is it's enchanted tales of bell but um you're helping bugs bunny make a cartoon and daffy keeps ruining it and there's like an animatronic daffy that comes out and then eventually the kids meet it but it, it was very enjoyable hmm. so in enchanted tales with bugs <laughs> um so at this point we decided to eat lunch at our character dining and this is where it got kind of eerie uh, for the hour or so that we were at the character dining, we were the only people during peak lunchtime eating in this restaurant. Wow. That and I want you to picture characters. <laughs> I believe it was we got to meet Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck as well as Tom and Jerry. And we were the only people there. And it was kind of awkward at some point, actually, because of this. Because you're trying to eat, and they they won't, they won't take well, off. Well, <laughs> but but you also feel weird because it's like you know that these are just people in suits, and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" Um, I and I will say that the, the food here was like the best theme park food I've ever had. I had a popcorn chicken sandwich, and by popcorn chicken sandwich, they put popcorn all over my chicken. 
and the sandwich. Wow. Yeah, so it was, it was good. I mean, like this is great, uh, great, delicious. Everything about this place is perfect. Um, the next area, so we that's, uh, let's go back to the rides. So we went to the Batman Night Flight. Uh, the sorry, the uh, Gotham City area. All right. And their big ride here is Batman Night Flight. And what this is is it's Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, but with Batman theming. Wow. So you're going through the Batcave, you're going through Gotham City, and it's the same idea where you're going through uh, practical effects and uh, and uh, screens, as well as animatronic Batman and animatronic Joker. Um, the loading is a little different. Basically, you get on the cool, uh, the Kugel arm, but they load them like four at a time, and then they send them through, so you're not like on a moving platform. Um, I would actually say that this ride is actually um, better than the Forbidden Journey. Really? Um, it's uh, keep in mind that it was being that it was made significantly later. Um, they are able to do more with the movement of the vehicle. I would say that ultimately I would, the theming of Harry Potter is better, but the ride experience on this um, is more enjoyable. Okay. I gotcha. So um, you kind of, you definitely feel, um, you definitely feel it. Like you definitely feel like you're flying with Batman and uh, the animatronics are cool as well. Um, uh, let's see. They have a, uh, like another spinny roller coaster based on the Riddler as well as a Joker's fun house. And this is awesome. This is way cool. This is a multiple story fun, fun house where you go in and you get a, uh, pre-show with the Joker where you're entering his fun house and there's different traps for you to avoid. And each area is based on a different Batman villain. So like the Mr. Freeze Ooh. area, the fun house is ice cold and, uh, Harley Quinn shows up and stuff and there's different, different effects. And, um, you know, it has kind of like the elevator effect from, um, Oh, uh, escape from green gods, like as you're entering that. So the kind of the floor shakes, um, not much to, to say about it, but it's a very long experience. Would you call this with like, lots of fun surprises? Like you had to actually like figure your way out, or is it just like mild like challenges? <laughs> it's mild challenges. Yeah. It's mild challenges. Um, uh, you see, the thing is, is um, being that Brittany is primarily wheelchair bound, um, she said, "Okay, well, just push me through this." And there's a cutoff point where because you can't experience in a wheelchair and then there's a cutoff point where it says, OK, now go this way. And I said, huh, that's really weird. It seemed like it was truncated. And then she said, well, you do it on your own. And I went through the whole pre-show with Mark Hamill as the Joker again. And um, sure enough, you go upstairs and there's a lot more upstairs. Oh, OK, so they made it as ADA accessible as they could. But, you know, it's what it is. Um, uh, we also saw a Harley Quinn show where she was giving, throwing the Joker a uh, birthday party there. And, of course, Batman comes in from the sky to ruin their holiday. Huh. Oh, so uh, uh, the last area 
um, was the Metropolis area. And the home of Superman. <laughs> the home of Superman. And um, this had some really weird rides. This is, this is strange, 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 strange. So we saw the um, uh, they have like a whole Teen Titan training academy area where it's like zip lines and stuff like that and rope bridges. And not really my age group, obviously, but it was like the ultimate kids playground area. They also had um, a bunch of superheroes out where they were like just letting kids uh, become superheroes. So I think Jedi training, uh, but with uh, superheroes. So um, one of the so the first attraction that I'm going to talk about is called Superman 360 Battle for Metropolis. And I did not know what this is. Um, I had no idea what this was going to do. <clears throat> and this is not really a ride. You go into this. Um, this is all really poor CGI. Because it's like specially made for this one attraction in the Middle East. Um, but you go into a newsroom and um, or you're going into the news studio and you're watching Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And Lois Lane just took a job as a reporter, obviously, for the news. And she's telling everybody, oh, look, there's a problem going on. And you see Clark Kent and he's like, I have to disappear and it gets dark, and in, in about a period of a second and a half, all the walls that are surrounding you are completely gone, and you're in the middle of a giant movie theater that surrounds you 360 degrees. Um, and the screens, I, I believe, are 45 feet tall or so. Hmm. And you, so it's like you start off in this office building, or like in a, like in a movie studio, it gets dark, and it turns out what they do is they, they raise... The um, the the room like they actually like move the walls and shoot them about fifty feet up in the air so you don't notice them, and you are in the middle of a giant battle between Superman and Lex Luthor and his other battle and his other villains, and there's like wind effects and uh, fire and water and this whole thing is completely awesome and very unexpected. So it shows you how big the how tall the building really is. Um, <clears throat> next ride is a, uh, Green Lantern Galactic Odyssey, which is basically, uh, soaring over Green Lantern. Um, okay, ride. Um, I don't really care about Green Lantern or the whole mythos of it. Yeah. The same, uh, I mean, the whole <clears throat> thing about the soaring type, uh, experiences is, is what you're looking at really. I mean, <laughs> if you don't care about what you're looking at, then it doesn't sound like it is. That yeah, much, exactly. <laughs> well, now the very last attraction is the justice league ride. And this is Spider-Man, um, complete with all the members of the justice league about the same length. It kind of does the same thing where, you know, like it kind of goes, uh, it's kind of like transformers where it goes into a second floor where you can mm-hmm. tell where there's also fire effects. And, you know, you're seeing all the Justice League members. So, obviously, Batman. So, he gets to double dip a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Superman, and you're fighting all... You're going through all the villains. And it's... But these are more trackless ride vehicles. So, it's trackless version of uh, Spider-Man. So, um, each vehicle takes a different route. And then you, like, meet up. So, they'll say, like, you're... Okay, you guys need to split off and fight this character. And, you know, you're not really fighting, obviously. Because there's no guns or anything on there. You just have to ride, but it's like pretending like you're helping. Okay. <laughs> so um, overall, that was a great, great – that's a great ride. I super enjoyed it. Um, 
Now, I asked them, I said, is there any more room in this place? Because I was kind of trying to figure out how they how this place was set up because you're in a giant building. So you kind of get disoriented. And, um, they said there is more room than you can imagine. We could put another, we can put what you have in this park in there again. Oh, so it's, that's only half the space. Wow. Yeah. Because they, they wanted to build for expansion and you can kind of see like there's an area in between like, um, uh, the cartoon area and the, um, uh, metropolis area where you can see like there's like a big wall and you're like well that's probably where that could be you know like like kind of like a like an epcot type thing where you would like pass through one re- area and you'll get to another land yeah like to the world showcase um overall um this park is awesome we were only there for probably about four and a half five hours but the shows uh, like the few shows that we did see, like the even the little kid show or the Taz show, um, were all everything was top notch. Everything here, like it seems that they didn't go for high end animatronics, but then you kind of look at it going, you know, that's a lot to maintain for only 250 people. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> 250 people. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, this this park alone is worth traveling there for. I mean, it, th- there is, um, I mean, it's not, it's not like what I would say. It's not a complete park yet, because you know, like we kind of went over everything pretty relatively quickly. But the attractions that were talked about are all like marquee headliner attractions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even though this seems like a handful of filler things, these are like the headliner ones. You could see these in uh, Universal or Disney parks easily. Oh yeah, exactly. And like the thing is, is that this is such an easy, um, like, and everything is right there. You know, like these three parks are all like right next to each other. And it's the same thing with like the Dubai parks and resorts. Like, you can go there and then drive an hour and be you go from one Disney World to another Disney World <laughs> in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Um, and you know, like I did. You know, we did this over three days. And we we got to explore a lot of other stuff in Abu Dhabi um, because of how uncrowded these parks were. That none of us felt like neither of us felt like we missed out on anything. We felt totally satisfied. Um, but you know, it's like now I'm talking about. It, I really wish I could go over there again right now. And um, I mean, James, like the Scooby Doo Dark Ride, like that's like built for you. <laughs> it sounds pretty incredible, and just from the the that one shot right there, it looks like a lot of fun. Um, I mean, this this park seems pretty awesome. I mean, out of all the places that you've done on this Middle East trip, um, this is probably the one that has piqued my interest the most. I mean, I you know, yeah, uh, the second one being um, Motion Gate. Motion Gate. Yeah, I mean, we're all like IP fans. You know, what can you do? But, uh, but, but it's still. I mean, these are the kind of experiences that, you know, I mean, you love the movies, you love the TV shows, you want to ride the attractions. You know, it makes sense. Um, and especially like, you can see. I mean, I was looking looking it up the other day, and um, you can get a round trip to um, from Los Angeles to Dubai for about five hundred bucks if you hit it at the right time. And, and, you know, like that's a higher cost. But then if you look like, hey, you can get a three day park hopper for one hundred and twenty bucks. 
you know, like, okay, what you're still coming out way ahead of yourself than if you said, I'm going to go to Disney. Uh, if you say, I'm going to go to Disney World, you're going to pay a little bit less for the plane ticket, but you're going to be paying way more for your theme park ticket. And all the other things, yeah. I mean, you know, will I get there at some point in my life? I have no idea, but, uh, you know, I would like to, but I know there's other places that are way ahead on the list <laughs> that I'm going to hit up beforehand. You know, definitely starting with Europe. Uh, yeah. And then going to the Asia. So, well, I don't know. We'll see if my life journeys bring me to this part of region of the world but well, we know we know what's going to happen is if they if they announce something over there that's like so up your alley like if it's some property that you absolutely are like so nuts about you know that you're ultimately going to get like dragged by me there i'm going to just say okay <laughs> i don't even know what that would, i don't even know what that would be i mean i mean they would really take like 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 i don't even know if they like if warner brothers world opened up like a Beetlejuice or Gremlins like dark ride attraction or something like that. <laughs> like that would be like, okay, I can't not be there anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I can't imagine either of those in a, in a crazy trackless dark ride experience <laughs> with, with, with the animatronics would be uh pretty amazing. But uh, I mean, they they made a Flintstones uh, water ride, so I mean that's not out of the question. I guess not. <laughs> and the Gremlins do take over the show for a moment. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the opening. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like Gremlins are are slowly going to be coming back. I've been hearing. I don't know. We'll see. Everything's come back from the eighties, so <laughs> it's only a matter yeah. of time. But anyways, um, I guess this is this is going to wrap up this series. We will do another one. Um, about your return to Hong Kong, just it's not necessarily part of this series, but just uh, just to hear a little bit more about that trip, Hong Kong and Disneyland, it, particularly. And that'll be that'll be a shorter episode because I'm not going to recap everything about Hong Kong Disneyland. I'll just talk about the newer stuff. And uh, there's another park that we went to called Ocean Park, which deserves a little bit of a dive. All right. Well, there's a little tease of more of Grant's travels. Well, we can all vic- live vicariously through your tales as we're. Stuck at home <laughs> during this time, uh, but wow! I mean, we made it to the end of the this re- part of it, um, and 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 in all fairness, we really just skimmed over everything because <laughs> you did. Yeah, we so really. Much. I tried to. I tried to make it. I tried to make it. I tried to make this quick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but you know, it's good to hear like firsthand uh, experience of you know of someone from our region of the world going here and doing all this stuff you know um it's it's i mean it's your perspective is one that you know it's hard to get come by you know I, you know what i mean there's not too many other podcasts like covering these these theme parks well and it's it's, it's worth it's well worth going uh, going to even if you just have like a fleeting curiosity like if you ever come into like a random amount of money i, I would say you could probably have a very nice trip there for about 1200 bucks Wow, like meaning including the plane ticket, the hotel, and the theme park per person or for two people uh, per person. Yeah, that's still. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I know you. We always use comparison. Compare it going to Walt Disney World. I yeah, mean, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not even five hundred <laughs> bucks plane ticket. You know, after that, you know, the hotel's pretty cheap and car rental's cheap. 
yeah, I think you're the only one that's going to be doing car rentals in, in the Middle East. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that one. I'm going to pay the extra cost or whatever that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not going to get lost with a printed out map like the beginning of your story. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's wrap this up. Um, thanks again for uh, sharing your tales. And we're going to do the, you know, little Hong Kong recap and... You know, hopefully uh, at some point you'll have more tales to tell after uh, lockdown is over. Oh, I will. I, I like going to the unusual places. There's many more to find. This podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy.